Good evening and welcome to the Online Warriors podcast. It's Abraham Lincoln's birthday. Well, it, probably not when you're listening to it, but when we're recording it, it's Abraham Lincoln's birthday. Um, and in honor of that, I'm joined by the Nerd Bomber and Tactic One. He's not lying. <laughs> I am wearing a top hat and my big bushy Abraham Lincoln beard. Actually, I'm joking. I'm really she not. She it out. But I wish I was. To, to, to get us started here, uh, let's just kind of go around the table and, and say, well, first of all, we're not all sitting at the same table. Let's go around the metaphorical table and say what our favorite Abraham Lincoln memory is. Um, I, I, have, I have a question. I wasn't yeah. alive when Abraham Lincoln was alive. Well, I mean, like, no, you know, know. I know what you mean. I've never been to Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Me neither, actually. I've heard it's I've heard it's lame. What's what is um shoot, I'm thinking of what's Mount Vernon. That's different, not the same. I too have heard that it's a completely anticlimactic experience. like it's isn't it like way smaller than people think it is? Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, I I don't even know what Mount Vernon is. What is that? It's a mountain. Um, it's in, oh shoot, it's either Virginia or Maryland. It was, I want to say George Washington's estate, maybe? Does it have the faces of presidents on it? Or like no. George Washington's face? Okay. It's it's really close to Washington, D.C. I might be getting it totally wrong. Who, man, now I have to look this up. Who owned Mount Vernon? Someone so you were did. Just no, I, mountain, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> no, I think you're Mount right Vernon because. It's not a mountain, it's just like an estate. It was like. Yeah. I don't think it was a plantation, it's, maybe? I don't know. What was it's it? It's where... So this will this will tell everyone who doesn't know what it is. In, in National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets, uh, it's where Benjamin Gates, a.k.a. Nicolas Cage, kidnaps the president. Oh, of course. Okay, Mount uh, Vernon was the plantation of George Washington and his wife, Martha. You were there? I, I was there. How was it? It was, it was actually very historical and educational. So would Did you, you recommend Mount Vernon over Mount Rushmore? I mean, if you're in the area, it's a little bit closer. Like, if you're on the East Coast, isn't Mount Rushmore, like, where even is Mount Rushmore? I'm South so Dakota. It's in South Dakota. Dakota. I, I, could, I could probably drive there in, like, two hours. Well, no, that's, I don't know anything about geography. Plus, I also don't want to tell people where I live. Guys, people are, like, typing into Google Maps right now, like, what's two hours away from Mount Rushmore and trying to triangulate where I live? I'm never going to tell. Yeah, duh, they'll just get your IP address. I, I mean, what people have learned from this in general is that we suck at geography and we're not very good at history. But so. we love Abe Lincoln. Yes. Love the guy. He's great. Um, shout out to Abe Lincoln if you're listening. Uh, let's, let's just uh, start off. Well, we already started off, but let's delve into our biweekly. What are you up to Wednesday? Let's start with Tectic One today. Okay. So we recently started a new Hulu show, which is exciting. Uh, I've I've gotten a lot of rave reviews about it, this show being hilarious from a number of my friends, but it was only exclusively on until recently. Hulu has now taken on the show, and the show is referred to as Letter Kenny. It is essentially um, a show about Canadian rednecks or Canadian yep. country bumpkins would be a better term, and it is quite funny. 
So we're only about four or five episodes in, and I would recommend it so far. It's it's hilarious. It's a bit slapsticky for for what I'm used to, um, but but it's a good time. Now I have to ask: Did you start watching it because of the commercials? Because I gotta tell you, man, they it's the worst. Because um, I watch other shows on Hulu and they play ads for Letterkenny. I don't, I don't even know what it's about. I had to look it up because the commercial so, doesn't make sense. I saw. The, are you talking about them? The commercial where he's ragging on the hockey bros? No, it's just it's standing there and he's like, he, he does like a limerick or something. It's this guy in a field, but wearing like plaid, and he does. Ah, let me see if I can Google it. He does like some little poem about like a girl or something. I have not seen that advertisement. The thing that that I saw that was circling the internet quite aggressively was this back and forth where he's just uh, shitting on these hockey bros, and it's it's quite entertaining. Ah, Man, this is so annoying that I can't find it. Uh, All right, never mind. Apparently there's another famous poem in this show, and it's flooding the Google results. You have Hulu? You have Hulu. Watch episode one, and uh, in the next podcast, tell us what you think. I will treat that as a homework assignment. It's a half-hour investment. I believe it's actually less than that, so you're not going to lose a lot of time there. I'm writing it down in my notes app right now, which means I'm going to do it. All right. That's good. Um, so I've, we're, we're about five minutes into the podcast, and I already have a homework assignment, so this is going pretty well. Um I, is that is that is that summarize your what are you up to Wednesday or do you have, do you have more for us? Um, for now I'm going to leave it at that. My uh, winter season is quite boring and I reside to hibernation mode usually. But the one thing I do want to do a shout out is to all you men out there. You best treat your woman good in this coming Valentine's Day. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting shout out. Yeah, I mean, that was, it, a, you, that was a very interesting shout out. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's not wrong. It was just, I just, I, I'm, I, I'm wondering if that's the last time or the first time. It is the first time we've shouted out all men. I'm wondering if it's the last time. I just didn't want Abraham Lincoln's birthday to overshadow Valentine's Day. I was concerned. So I'm gonna do you one better, and I'm gonna be more inclusive and say all of the people out there in relationships treat your significant others properly on this February 14th. I'm going to go Boom. one more than that and say just everyone just be nice on Valentine's Day that, if to you're everybody. Single, if you're single, treat yourself. Yeah, that's another good uh, idea. Have you ever done the single Valentine's Day treat yourself, like buy a whole Pizza Hut pizza and eat it by yourself? I'm, just, I'm not speaking from any specific experience. I'm just spitballing. No, but that sounds like a fantastic idea. Pizza Hut, man, they got like, I'm pretty sure they got like Valentine's Day specials. They're like, we think, know you're coming here if you're single. So. Do you think they make heart pizzas? I think they should. Do you have to prove if you're single or not? Or can you just get a personal pizza for yourself and just eat it alone? Like away from your significant I don't other? think they like make you prove it. That would just yes. be weird. Like, Follow up question. How do you prove that? Yeah. How would you prove that? Show them your Facebook page. <laughs> I mean, it's better than alternatives i guess um i will not be going to pizza this valentine's day well i don't know maybe not you can never rule it out completely um nerd bomber let's swing it over to you what what, what have you been up to 
Okay, so since the last time we talked, we did talk about the Super Bowl pregame. Um, since oh, then, hey. we have watched the Super Bowl, and postgame, I have feelings. And my feelings was that it was a very boring game. The commercials were not very memorable, and it was like three to four hours of my life I kind of want back. Is that bad? Oh, can we talk about the halftime show, too? <sighs> uh. The lack... Okay, no. SpongeBob did make an appearance... But not oh, very I mean, if you call that an appearance, like, gosh, they, they hit us with the old bait and switch. I'm still mad about that. Yeah, it's either just, do it or subject. don't do it. Don't half-ass do it. Like, I'm sorry, Travis Scott, nobody wanted to see you in that moment. Everyone wanted to see SpongeBob. Thanks. It's been more than a week, and my fists are just are still clenching as we talk about this. And like, what about that strip show that was, like, totally, like, awkward and not necessary? I, my my take on that was that look I, I I like Adam Levine I think he's he seems like a good guy he seems like a good musician but man he he clearly thinks that he's all that and a bag of Doritos actually so the last time I saw him he was rather scrawny I think that might have been like a shout out to Bullflex or something I think it was a shout out to tattoos more than anything else I mean that guy every square inch of his skin is covered in ink. Pretty impressive. Um, I was not turned on myself. Maybe it was P90X. One of them. Remember P90X? Are people still doing that? that was, I thought that was like one of those fad things that's gone now. People are still doing it, and people still do not like Sean T. Those of you who are doing it, you know what I'm talking about. P90X. Uh, I like learned what P90X was because it was in Bruno Mars' The Lazy Song, which is ironic because it's not – a lazy activity. Remember that line? If tomorrow I wake up, do some P90X, meet a really nice girl, Have send a really nice text. Oh, was that it? Uh, that was the clean version. Okay. I, I sang it over the radio because I, I wanted it to be appropriate. Um, never done P90X. I knew a friend that did P90X, actually. I did P90X for a little bit. You hate Sean T? You did the p 90 Who is Sean T? The guy that you're doing it with. Shanti sucks. I have to say, I feel like you didn't follow it very completely, though, because you definitely were not ripped at the end. Called out. Yeah, because I hated Shanti. Didn't like Shanti. Why would I want to hang out with Shanti? It's a decent point. So you just, you just didn't do it out of spite? He wasn't even, like, like nice to you. Like, if he was like, I know you're doing this, you're working hard, but you're going to look great. I love you. I would keep doing it. But he was like, come on, don't be weak. Screw you, Shanti. I mean, what are you looking for? Like the Ellen DeGeneres workout tape? Honestly, that would be great. I'd love it. As that came out, so I realized that it would be so fun. Shout hey, out to Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, seriously. Ellen, if you're listening to this, on the off chance that someday you discover us, you should do some kind of workout video because I would do it. I don't even like to work out very much, and I would do it. I mean, she could just like super cut together all the time she's doing that. She's like dancing on her show and then just like voice over it with like, just do what I'm doing. Like, you can do it. Get your heart pumping. That, right. Yeah, in like that fun Ellen way. It would be like Zumba, but ellen ba. That, Zumba, that. that's another one. P90EL. I've never done... E90X. These are all marketable ideas. I hope she's listening. Taylor, were you doing Ellen's workout video, or were you doing something else? Well, you've just talked about the Super Bowl, which was bad. Cleared um, that up. Yeah, I, I 
So the Super Bowl, um, I did not do Alan's workout video. And then I've just been playing more Kingdom Hearts. Uh, I think, what am I at now? 36 hours into the game. I kind of got um, caught up in a bunch of side missions. I stopped doing the story for a little bit. Shout out to the gummy ship. Yeah. Um, without getting too much down the Kingdom Hearts rabbit hole, there is a basically open space like where you just build a ship out of literal gummy blocks and you just fly and fight heartless spaceships in space and we completely leveled out so this was a team effort like i'm playing the game but when it came to gummy ship stuff like i've been handing it over to tectic to help me with my design and so we like really tricked out the ship and we have spent a lot of time we basically completed the majority of the gummy ship missions that are available to us the only ones we have left are literally in areas that i have to unlock by playing the story like we beat the main gummy ship boss we're that badass. Now, have you gotten to the Pirates of the Caribbean part of the game? That is where I'm at right now. And it's actually really cool because you you have like a pirate ship and you literally just sail the open seas. And there, I mean, it's not like a huge game. It's not like the Assassin's Creed, what was it, Black Flag, where it's literally like you sail the open seas. It's a smaller map for sure. And there's only like maybe less than 10 islands you can go to. But again, like you have ship battles, you explore, try to find treasure, you can go diving in the ocean. So I've been doing that and I kind of put the story on hold so I can just kind of sail around. It's definitely the part of the game that like, for the, I, I love all, all things Disney and we're going to talk about more Disney in, in a minute here. But I, for some reason, the Pirates of the Caribbean, just that strikes me as the part that would be the most appealing and like the most entertaining. Honestly, so true. the story mission part of the Pirates of the Caribbean world, without giving away spoilers, so I watched the first two movies, and then I kind of stopped watching from there, because... It was a good choice. They just, they, I felt like they got convoluted and weird and bad, and where the story picks up, like, I think they drop you into this convoluted, weird, bad part of the Pirates of the Caribbean lore line, and I'm not very into it, so I don't really know what's going on. But I'm having fun sailing my ship, and that's really all that matters. The third movie is so, like, I, I, like it's you should watch it just because it's so bizarre, and it's on Netflix too. That's of course is one of those situations where like I'm pretty sure that's the only one on Netflix. Like Netflix always be doing that. The only one on there is the the one in the series that's like really totally bad. weird or bizarre or bad. Yeah. Um, Serious question. I'm assuming that then you've seen these. Is, I've not seen any after the third one because I, I I pulled myself out. What is the deal with the white crabs? Do you know? Is that like a Pirates of the Caribbean thing, or is it that... is? Okay, it is. So basically, there's this lady named Calypso, and she turns into crabs at some point. I don't remember the details, but she's like this like voodoo shaman lady on this island. Okay, and at the end of Pirates of the Caribbean two, Jack Sparrow. Spoiler alert. But it's, it's like like tw- 10 years ago, so like it, whatever. I think he dies at the end of the second one. And then when the third one starts, they're like, let's go get him back from Davy Jones' locker. And the shaman lady's like, I'll help you. But then she is like, she becomes like the heart of the sea or something. And she like turns into a bunch of crabs. It's a lady. The crabs can become a lady. I don't know. You got to watch the movie. That was not a very good description. I got to be honest and not to give spoilers, but that was extremely helpful in trying to figure out what the hell is going on in this Pirates of the Caribbean world. The crabs are, it's like, it's a witch. 
And it's okay. related to Davy Jones somehow. I just can't remember how. See, because they have you going around, and to upgrade your ship, you have to find these white crabs, and you search islands, and you like go diving in the ocean, and you find all these white crabs, and somehow that translates into a ship upgrade. And like, I get it; it could just be a fun game mechanic, but like, I really had to know if there was some reason why that was helping my ship, and now I get it. So that yeah, works. Pro- probably when you get all the crabs, like she's gonna appear. And like she, Davy Jones is in love with her. Also, the whole thing turns into like a soap opera. It's you should really watch it. Uh, the Davy Jones parts are hilarious. Jack Sparrow is like, I mean, it's like it's kind of like hell, but like nautical themed. So yeah, you should watch it. Um, anyways, Kingdom Hearts sounds pretty dope. It is super dope. Um, I am still grinding on Spider Man. That's really? like, yeah, that's my video game update. Is like. I don't think I play as, as often as you guys do, but I, I definitely get on there for a few hours at least once a week. But that game is dense. They got some. That's a lot of content in that game. Like there's, there's a lot of like side mission stuff to do. And I'm still enjoying it. I, I think uh, I played on Sunday, and I think I'm like 73 percent through the main story. So like things are moving. Uh, but I just I'm I'm so easily sidetracked, and there's so much stuff you can do. Like. At one point, and I'm sure you remember this, Nerbomber, there's this part where this homeless man is like, help me find pigeons. And I just went around the entire city. I was like, this is what I'm doing now for like the hour I'm playing this game. is like just going around and finding pigeons. And honestly, because of how satisfying the swinging mechanics in that game are, it is still so fun. Because all you're doing is swinging around, chasing pigeons. And then like catching them and giving them back to a homeless guy. Uh, But... You know, that's probably what the real Spider-Man would do on the daily is, like, catch pigeons for homeless people. Yeah, crime's not every day. Right, I mean, you know. Although it is New York City, like, crime is a lot. Whoa, whoa, shots fired. Well, I'm just saying, it's a big city. Lots of people. I feel like I I got, like, a weird accent when I said that. I don't know where that came from. There's also a lot of pigeons, though. You have to consider the pigeon-people balance. This is true. Um, But, yeah, that game is super fun. Um... I have been, I just finished a book, which for me is rare. I don't read very much a lot of the time, but I burned through Stephen King's The Outsider in like three weeks. Um, super, super good. I think it's his latest one. Like it came out last year. Super good. Very Stephen Kingy. Like it kind of starts as like a hard boiled detective thriller and then it becomes very supernatural in the Stephen King kind of way. Um, that was good. Oh, oh I, this one thing I do want to mention is. The Oscars are coming up. Um, and every year I do this thing where the local art theater in my town plays all the shorts that are nominated for awards, like back to back. And they do that for the animated shorts and the live action shorts. And every year I've gone to see the animated shorts and it's so much fun. It's super cool. I mean, all in all, when you watch all of them, it amounts to like the time you would spend watching a regular movie in a regular theater. Um, but they're like little stories. So it's like this fun little segmented thing. Um, and the animated ones are always like cute and like some of them deal with like tough topics, but they're usually still kind of uplifting in the end. So this year I decided to change it up and go see the live action shorts. And I have never been so depressed. Like, are they all sad? They're all like kind of spoilery, but I feel like not many people are going to watch these. I think there, so there was five nominated films and I think three, kids like under the age of 10 die 
and then like two oh, go to wow. prison. Yeah, it's like it's the most horrifying thing. Like each one was more horrifying than the last. Um, and they're all good. Like they're all super well produced and like very emotional and like you can tell why they got nominated, but they're all just like so brutally depressing. Um, I'm glad I went. But then after that, I had to go see Cold Pursuit like a day after that to like as like a palate cleanser, which was also pretty good. And that was like funny. So kind of brought me back. But um, question, was it supposed to be funny? Cold Pursuit was definitely supposed to be funny. Yeah. Cold Pursuit. So I, I don't want to go too down, go too far down this rabbit hole, but Cold Pursuit was excellent. Um primarily because you go there showing up expecting to see a certain thing, which is you expect to see Taken, except it's in snow. And for like a decent portion of Cold Pursuit, that's what it is. Like it's Liam Neeson beating folks up and like, you know, (laughs) doing Liam Neeson things. Um, But then for like another huge portion of it, there's just like this really irreverent black humor that you do not expect at all. Um, and it's really surprising in a way that I think really elevates the movie beyond what it would be if it was just a Liam Neeson thriller. Because, like, that's all he's making nowadays. Is he's just making these action thrillers where he's some old guy who's called into duty to kill a bunch of folks who don't even have names. Um, the guys in this movie that he killed had names. And, like, some of them had backstories, he's which the, was, like, pretty good. He's become the king of, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> no, you know who he's replacing? And the guy he's replacing... Clint Eastwood. Yeah, he is literally, like, filling that niche that Clint Eastwood is slowly aging out of. But not totally gone yet, because he just did um, The Mule. The Mule. I have never heard that comparison, but it's it's very astute. Like, from what I know of Clint Eastwood, like, granted, I haven't seen many Clint Eastwood movies. I saw, like, Gran Torino, which is, like, very different from all Clint Eastwood's other movies, but um, it seems like that's what he's kind of known for. I did hear that Liam Neeson is—he said this is going to be his last action movie. Is we'll really? see if that's actually—we'll see if that's actually true. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, he's got to get paid. Get money, get I'm, paid. I'm sure someone's like, "Dude, make Taken 4. and he's like, "No," and they're like, "Just do it," and he'll be like, "Okay." Like, I think that's probably what's going to happen eventually, but you never know. Um, let's move away from movies and let's talk about apex legends uh which is not just a phrase that i made up it is the latest battle royale craze um apparently it released a week ago i've not played it i should say that that's why i said apparently it released a week ago uh it's created by the uh respawn which are the creators of titanfall which i've also never played um but within a week it has 25 million registered players um, if you're not familiar with the game, but you are familiar with other games, I would I would classify it as a combination between Borderlands and Fortnite. So it has the battle royale feel that Fortnite had. However, the gameplay is different in that you play in a squad. Hashtag squad goals. Fortnite, I can, just for people who have played Fortnite, and I don't mean to cut you off, but you can play Fortnite in squads. Yeah, I know, but I wanted to say hashtag squad goals. Okay. Um, and and PUBG, you can also play in squads, right? Yeah, I believe so. But the main, the the main in Fortnite was single player free for all, and the main in this one is um, groups of three trying to be the best squad. And um, the reason why I compared it to Borderlands is that of the 
playable characters. They all have unique special abilities, uh, similar to Overwatch. Overwatch. Ooh, that's another good one. Yeah. So yeah, but I liked Borderlands better. So maybe I'm weird because a lot of people liked Overwatch, but um, so that's the kind of gameplay. That's what's unique about it, and. In my opinion, yeah, I can understand why it's doing so phenomenally better because I love that next level of, you know, customize your own loadouts and, and it's not more of a, it's less of a, holy crap, i got to find this gun before everyone else does. There are a couple of interesting things to note about this game too. So one is that, yes, it did release last week and there had been some rumors that Respawn was working on a game, um, but they literally announced the game the same day that it released to be free to play. So just the kind of like low-key release announcement and literally like immediate release, I think, sparked a lot of people's attention. And then the other thing that I've been reading, I haven't played it myself yet, but um, a lot of people like it because it has a pinging, pinging communication system. So instead of having to talk to people on your mic, um, there's a speech-free way to communicate with your fellow teammates. Um, to, like, signal where you want to go, to signal where things are, like, formation, mm. tactics, stuff like that, without ever needing to communicate via microphone, which a lot of people don't like to do these days, which is weird. Like, if you look back at the original, like, Xbox 360 community, a lot of people talked online, but now just with the amount of trolls and just people badgering you on the internet, most so people don't people like to do that. So many people had sex with my mother based on that chat. So Yikes. many people. So I feel like it just makes it more approachable and the free-to-play aspect, as we've already seen with Fortnite, that's been a huge hit. I mean, so many people have flocked to Fortnite because at the end of the day, you're really just paying for cosmetic stuff and it just comes down to skill. There's no money involved because it's a free game. Anybody can access it. I was going to say, how does I, I didn't know Fortnite was free-to-play, I was going to ask, but how, does, how do these things make money? That, that's my question. A lot of it is, like, loot. Um, I know Fortnite... The cosmetics, like you said? Is that right. So Fortnite did something where it, it, they called it a battle pass. So a lot of games you have to, like, buy a crate and you don't know what you're going to get and it's really frustrating and annoying. But with their battle pass, um, you pay a certain amount and then as you level up, you get new items. So it's Rocket League did something similar, too. So, like, when you hit level 5, there's a specific cosmetic item that you get. Or if you hit level 20, there's some, like, really super fancy one, so on and so forth, so that people can see, like, hey, you obviously must be really good at this because you have this super fancy item that you shouldn't technically have until you're, like, level 50 or something like that. So, so wait, so it, it, it is, are these just purely cosmetic items, or are they, do they make you better? Like, is, it, is it pay to play? Okay, so it's not pay to play at all. Right. See, that's good. The, the non-EA way of doing things, I would call that. <laughs> well, that's that's the other thing, too. So EA actually published this game. Uh, Apex. Apex? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I see that as I scroll down this article. Um, I, now, is this a safe space to tell you guys that I have never once, never once played a Battle Royale game? I mean, I'm not very big into them. I feel like this is pretty big gaming news just because, like, it, I feel like they broke records with the amount of people that they got to play their game in such a short amount oh, of yeah, time. It's, but it's huge. I personally have no stake in the Battle Royale game. I actually really 
don't have a lot of fun with it. I've tried Fortnite. I've tried COD, uh, Black Ops, the Blackout version of Battle Royale. And I'm just, I don't know if it's just the way that I play. Like, I don't drop. So, like, you drop out of a bus onto this big map. And then it's kind of like Hunger Games where you go to get items and then fight people and hope to and be they the keep last like, standing. And they, like, close down the area as you go. So, like, you have right. to get closer together. And but my it problem seems stressful is to me. I end up landing because I don't like, like, I'm not very skilled. And especially with Fortnite, the building aspect, I just, I don't get it. Um, I don't think my brain can switch back and forth from shooting and building that quickly. Um, but I land in a secluded area and I wait around and I don't see anybody. And like I fortify, get a lot of resources and I, I spend like 10 minutes doing pretty much nothing, seeing nobody. And then within 30 seconds of finding someone, they're like building stuff around me and then I'm dead. So like, what was my last 10 minutes for? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I became a, a gamer in the world of split screen where only you only had to be better than your friends. Mm. Um, That's the dream right there. Where, yeah, seriously. With, with, with the innovation of online gameplay, I quickly learned that I will never, ever, ever, ever be the best person in Battle Royale. or And sometimes I'll get close in like the COD, just free-for-all or, or team battles, but... My God, I don't. Right, I I will never be a great gamer. I've come to terms with this a long time ago. Well, with with battle royale, like, and I, I first of all, I totally agree with all you guys are saying. The Fortnite, the the building and shooting, multitasking, like, I'll own that here. Like, I cannot do two things at once when I'm playing games like that. But I also like I'm kind of like you, tactic, where like even at the games where I feel like I've been very good at them, I will play an online match and I will never be top ranked overall but you're, better, just, than your, you're people, better than your split screen friends right i'm better than my split screen friends and like i'm uh, there are a lot of games where i would maybe be like at the midpoint or like better than a little more than half like i'd be in the upper half but like when you take a battle royale game i mean is it, i i only know PUBG, but isn't like a hundred you're playing there's so much wider of a sample size that there's bound to be a larger number of people that are just better than you Right. Like, when I play COD, at least I'm only going up against maybe 20 people. Right. But now I'm going up against 100 who probably play the game way more than I do. Uh, the odds are not in my favor. Right. Like, I'm, I'm I'm, fully aware that I'm, like, missing out on this huge cultural zeitgeist. That, like, it, it's so cool that a game like Apex Legends can pop up and be free to play and be so similar, it seems, to, like, other Battle Royale games. But there's clearly a market for it where people who are playing Fortnite and are super, super into it, like a lot of people that I know, will see, will still see a new one pop up and say to themselves, oh, sweet, something different to try. Like, it's got to be so cool for game devs to see that. Um, so in short, way to go, Apex Legends. You look like an awesome game. Your trailer looks badass. I will probably try it at some point and fail miserably. So those of you in your late 20s, early 30s who can relate to this, shout out to Story Mode. Because we are the best in story mode, aren't we? I just love story mode, man. Story mode is the reason I play a lot of games. But I am in the minority and so are you. Um, let's talk about a hot button issue in the past couple of days. Uh, on this past Sunday, which was also the Grammys. Um, shout out to the Grammys, although we're not going to talk about them. Uh, the Aladdin trailer premiered. The second trailer, I guess. They, I think they're calling it a special look officially. 
First of all, have you guys watched this? I have yes. watched it, yes. Uh, my opening question is going to reveal how I feel about the whole thing. Which was worse to you, Jafar or the genie? The genie. Both. Um, Jafar did not look imposing, and the genie, I don't know why, but it really creeped me out. I know exactly why it creeped you out. They took the rock's head. They're, they're not the rock's head. They took the rock's body. Either the rock or like an overweight Vin Diesel or something. Took his body, painted it blue. And then they took Will Smith's face, shrunk it down, painted it a lighter blue, and then pasted it on. That is exactly... Like, honestly, it looks like a really bad face swap. It so, really it does. so bad. Couple, like, it's amazing how bad it is. A couple things that I'm hoping for. And a couple things that I thoroughly enjoyed about this. The first thing that I – I'm going to start with what I thoroughly enjoyed. The internet is re- relating the genie to Goro from Mortal Kombat. And if you don't know who Goro is, just search Goro and Aladdin genie and you will not be disappointed. It is fantastic. Secondly – he's the guy with four arms, by the way. Secondly, the thing that I'm hopeful for is – the scene that they that they showed with Jafar was in the beginning scene where he's being kind of friendly towards Aladdin. I'm hoping that was intentional where he's supposed to look non-threatening in that scene. And as we progress through the movie, he starts to become more sniveling and evil looking. Not at all, though, because if you actually like go back to the real... Not that this isn't a real movie. Uh, he's like an original, old man. The original Aladdin movie, like he was always this snake-like character he was always evil no and aladdin knew going in that like he was not a good guy and the whole deal was that he wanted to get with jasmine and like promote himself in society so he made this like backhanded deal with jafar that he would go in and he would get the lamp in exchange for wealth and status i'm hoping they play it off the way that i envision where he's conning him and trying to play off like a nice guy kind of like in the little mermaid where uh, Ursula was like, I'll help you. I'm your super nice aunt. But really, she was kind of a uh, not a nice person. And I like I hope that the movie bops and I, and I can explain that more. Like everyone I've talked to about this without fail has seen this trailer and has seen the trailer for The Lion King live action and has seen like Jungle Book or uh, Beauty and the Beast and has asked one question to Disney, which is why are you doing this? Like, no one's asking for these. The Jungle no one Book is... was actually pretty good, though. And so was uh, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And Beauty and the Beast was, like, average. And the whole time I was watching it, I was thinking, we did not need, like, Disney's 2D animations during that golden age of, like, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, uh, all the ones that they're remaking now. Like, Aladdin is a perfect example of, like, those movies were so good. The genie in Aladdin was so good. It was perfect. You nailed it. Let it be what it is, which is like this cultural touchstone for uh, how great animation. Are you concerned that not only is the live action going to tank, but it's going to take the original down with it? No, I want I want it to tank because I want it to show that they got it right the first time, and no one is asking for these. Like to me, these are money grabs that are aimed directly at people like us, people in our generation who are nostalgic for the animated films, and people who have money to go spend at the movies. But like when it comes to like, I will say I'd be more open to it if it didn't look like they were 
totally half-assing this. Well, Aladdin honestly, comes out in like three months and it doesn't look done. It's not done. All of like, the casting decisions, I'm very skeptical. Even the main character of Aladdin, he's not the worst. Like, not terrible. But it for whatever reason, like, he just doesn't look anything like Aladdin. And I know it's hard to get someone who looks like a cartoon. I get it. But there's something... Like, I can't see this guy being very princely. Like, he's great for being the street rat, but you need a guy who can straddle the line between someone who can pull off looking like a prince and someone who can also pull off looking like a street rat. And this guy just only has street rat, in my opinion. Now, I've seen a bunch of... I don't really know of anyone for Aladdin, but, like, as I've been watching this trailer and looking at comments, which, by the way, the like-dislike ratio on the trailer on YouTube is, like one to three or something like it's people are not thrilled um widespread uh discord but i've seen a lot of like dream cast like who would you cast with a genie who would you cast with jafar because both of those seem like clear misses at this point and i guess with the genie i shouldn't say it's a clear miscast but it's a clear misinterpretation um i've seen ben kingsley for jafar the aladdin Wait. musical cast i always felt was spot on well, I've, I've heard that their interpretation of the genie is very different than the original films, but it's still very good. Whereas this is like trying to mush them together or something, and it's not working. I don't know. What I'm hoping is that, because I've also seen some um, other images of Will Smith not blue and creepy and cgi I'm hoping that the blue form, when he first appears, kind of freaks him out, and he goes, hang on, let me go to a form that, that appeals to you. Right. I could see that. That could work. Like, And I, I think when the original promo image came out, he wasn't blue, and everyone was like, why isn't he blue? So, like, to an extent, people just always are going to be unhappy. <laughs> but, like, I, I agree with you that, I, like, they're missing right now is what, is what I know. All the same, I feel like they should have not did this weird CGI mashup with Will Smith and just had Will Smith dress like a genie and paint him blue. Right. You could, you, there, there's a few different ways to go with it. Like you could go full Will Smith. You could go full blue Will Smith. You could even go, I've, what I've seen is go full CGI because like a big part of the genie in the original movie, there's a lot of like quick changes and sight gags and like physical comedy where he's like, he's dressed up as a mater D in one moment. Oh, he's shaped like something else in this other moment. So like, Kind when of you have, it's going to be hard to do that if it's just Will Smith standing there. But like, if you had a, a CGI thing that could do whatever you wanted that had Will Smith's voice and maybe some of his likeness, but not just his face painted on a guy, like you, more similar to the, right. more similar to the animation that they did with Thanos, where you could see the actor that played him, but it was no way in hell his body or shape or size. Absolutely, that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Like, you can still have some of Will Smith's likeness there, and I, and you should still have his voice, and, like, Will Smith is very charismatic, and I think he could do the role right. You, you won't do it like Robert Williams, but no one can. But, like, just make him look not like the stuff of nightmares is, is all I'm asking at this point. <sighs> Will Smith, nightmare fuel. Uh, if you haven't checked out the trailer, go watch it, but consider yourself warned. Is I guess where we can leave this. Um, let's talk. Let's, let's actually let's do one little quick thing. Uh, you mentioned Valentine's Day is coming up um, in a couple of days, and uh, if you don't know what to get somebody, we may have the ticket for you. 
a little uh, I, uh, there's a little Italian restaurant in my town, local place like a mom and pop establishment. You might have heard of it though. It's called the Olive Garden, um, and yeah. they are they're doing this thing called breadstick bouquets. I'm so uh, excited for this. Hint, yeah, hint, so, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It, oh, I see what you what you did there. Um, now, first of all, don't get don't get super excited. Um, the breadsticks are not free because when I saw the headline, that's what I thought. Free breadstick, okay? Amazing. But I mean, they can never give those things away for free. They're too valuable. Um, basically, the chain is offering printable bouquet wrapping paper such, with phrases such as we belong together like spaghetti and meatballs or love at first bite. And you can like print out these like bouquet wrappers, like put a little bow on it and like put a bunch of breadsticks in there and give it to your loved one. Love at first bite. That's the one. That's the winner. So like instead of going and getting like chocolate or like flowers or like, I don't know, what do people get each other for Valentine's Day? Steak. Instead, go <laughs> steak. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Is that a, a tradition with you and Nerdbomber? Yes, I get her a steak every year. Does she get you a steak as well, or is that just a one-way street? It's a one-way street. I eat some <laughs> steak for myself, but interesting. Um, well, if you don't want to do steak, consider the Olive Garden breadstick bouquet. Um, our, our last topic on the agenda is one that is going to be a little bit more free-form, open thought. I saw an interesting thing on the internet today, a, a Twitter moment, uh, which which asked the question that I want to ask you guys, which is, what video games would you recommend to someone who hasn't played video games in five years? Now, this may require some Googling, because I have an immediate answer, but it might have come out more than five years ago. So... Honestly, my answer would be a game that is like has like a sequel and, and, and another one. Something that since they've been on a hiatus, let's say, they're going to want to really dive into to, uh, multiple games so that they oh, can I really kind of make up for lost time. That's, that's my first requirement for this answer. Do um, all the games have to have come out after 2014 or like in 2014, which is five years ago? Or is that not a restriction? I mean, I guess if the first one came out, so theoretically they could have started five years ago, but that's not a restriction. This is okay. just a, well, you've been off the the wagon for quite some time. Now it's time to just go all in. Right. Kind of like how okay. people OD. You know, they, they, they get off the wagon and they go hard. and then... Interesting. Yeah. Exactly like that, yeah. <laughs> um so do you have any specific games in mind, or that you're just you forming your guiding principle? And I don't, I don't know if it's because we talked about Apex Legends and, and the games that I correlate it to, but one of my favorite games is Borderlands. Is the Borderlands trilogy? Yeah. But that, oh, that's a good answer. It's a good answer, but I feel like that's before the five year limit. I'm googling it now. Uh, Borderlands came out in 2009, which, I, I, to be fair, I did the same thing. The first, my first thought was the Uncharted series. But Uncharted One came out in 2007, so Man, there have been a lot of great games in the past five years from both of those franchises. But okay, so it had to have good. come out after 2014. For now, like let, let's let's roll with that restriction, which I, I'm aware is, is 
quite the restriction. But um, okay, I have an answer for you. Okay. This you guys are gonna make fun of me, but my other like super fun game that I always have a great time with is the Lego superhero games. No, that's a very good answer. I mean, that's a pretty good answer, yeah. Because Lego is a franchise that that's got juice. So if you play the some of the more recent ones and you like them, you then like you said, you have a whole world to go back to and really like make up for lost time. Um, Illegal. What would you do? I'm still thinking. I'm I'm, I'm thinking too. Like uh, something that I just looked up to. I, I said Uncharted first, but that's too old to really be a viable answer. I'm gonna pick one that's not a series, and I'm gonna kind of cheat a little bit because. The original version of this game came out in 2012, but or no, before 2014. I don't know when it came out, but the remaster of The Last of Us came out in 2014, and that might be my favorite game ever. Actually, so, Lego Marvel came out in 2013. Doesn't count. The Last of Us came out in June of 2013, but the remaster came out in 2014. So I'm cheating and picking that because that might have been that might have been like my favorite video game experience. Ever, um, runner up would maybe be Arkham um, Arkham Knight, or well, if Arkham City came out in the interim, then definitely Arkham City because that's the best Arkham game. Two and that one came out. Uh, Arkham City came out in two thousand eleven. Wow, what happened? So many years have gone by. Um, for now, I think I'll stick with with The Last of Us, but I need to keep thinking about it. This is a deep question that unfortunately none of us were prepared for. Any thoughts over there? So, I have one of two answers. Actually, one of three, and I'm going to give them all. So, buckle up. The first one, I think, would be Fallout 4. And the only reason I say that is because, first of all, I had a lot of fun with Fallout 4. It's whatever you want to make it. If you want to just play the story, the story is interesting. There's some fun twists and turns along the way. Story mode. Um, you don't have to do any side missions. You can just go barrel straight through and you'll have a fun time. There's also a lot of side exploring you can do if that's what you're into. There's a lot of different characters you can meet along the way. There's a lot to make that story feel like whatever you want it to be. Um, and there's a lot of people I know who weren't really into gaming. Like one of my really good friends, uh, her husband games a lot and she's never really played. And somehow, man, I think... She's played and beat Fallout 4 like three times at this point because she just loves it that much. And I, That's I don't a lot, know, I don't know if it's just the, the combination of RPG and first-person shooter like really being successful there or what, but she loved it, I loved it. As long as you don't screw up your save file like Tactic, I think he loved it. Yikes. So that that's a good one. And if you like it, there's more games along that vein. There's a history of Fallout games. I don't know if I'd recommend Fallout 76, which just came out. But there's a lot of Fallout you could get into after that. Um, and then I don't know. So this one I'm not sure when it came out. Um, but Bioshock Infinite was one of I was thinking about that games. one, even though I've never played it. It, you should play it. It was, I think I beat it in a day. It wasn't very long. It was like 14 hours. I was sick and I just like plowed through it. And it was I've one of so those much. games that the story was just so mind-boggling. Doesn't count, 2013. Yeah, well, 2013, yeah. pretty close. But because Bioshock is one of those series too where if you play Infinite and you're like, wow, this is amazing, then you have other games you can check out. Right. 
And, like, the graphic quality was good. I know it released on, like, the last-gen system, I'm pretty sure, but I'm pretty sure you can still pick it up on the current one. It's just, it was such a good game. And then, finally, Rocket League, because there's so much room to learn and grow, and if you just want a casual game, you can play for five minutes. Somehow you get sucked in for an hour. It's fun. Oh, that's a good answer, too. Rocket League is another one of those that's, like, there's definitely been, like, this cultural zeitgeist factor associated with it where like at some point it just seems like everyone is playing it it's um, so good so much fun i'm gonna round out you inspired me with your little top three exercise i'm gonna round out my top three um the f- first i'm gonna say destiny uh mostly because destiny and destiny 2 i don't think they're super uh revolutionary in what they've done but I think they're pretty good, and I poured a lot of time into those games in the last five years. Um, so that would be one. Um, just kind of to give a person a feel of, like, what, what's the state of shooters? I feel like it's a decent state of shooters analysis. And then the other one is kind of the effect of recency bias, but Spider-Man, PS4, man, it's so good. And that's another one that I think really gives you a, a sense of we've come a long way in five years where, like, you have essentially this open world replica of New York City fully alive to just run around in and be Spider-Man. Like, it's amazing. This is true. Um, so yeah. can I just say, me searching the date of Bioshock Infinite, just below it, there's a article online that by a website called Comic Books. I don't know how reputable the source is, but it says... Borderlands 3 or new Bioshock likely releasing within the next 12 months. So the article states that the CEO didn't really divulge any information. It's merely hearsay based on leaks that they might have heard. But uh, we could be in for a treat in the next 12 months. That's all I'm going to say because it seems very a lot of skepticism at this point. But I don't know. It seems exciting. I would take a new Bioshock. I, I know take... Borderlands 3 they've been talking about for a while, mm-hmm. so like I know it's been coming up. Don't ruin this for me. Okay. I just want it. But like, Dishonored is another one that I would... That's true. I, I, we're going down the rabbit hole here because looking at Bioshock led me to Dishonored, which Dishonored 1 came out in 2012, but again, remasters and Dishonored 2 and all that. Um, and they have books. The, I read, Yeah, I read a Dishonored book, and like, so I read a lot. And sometimes those, like, video game adaptation books feel kind of cheesy and, like, super forced. But it wasn't bad. I actually, I enjoyed it. I think I busted it out in a couple days over the summer. You got me the Dead Space book, I think, for Christmas or my birthday or something, and that was pretty good. A lot of the times those video game to book adaptations, like, they're well-known authors in the sci-fi realm who take on that video game adaptation. So... Usually they're pretty I think decent. It is like movies where it's like movie video game adaptation struggle too. So it just must be difficult to put that on the page sometimes. Um, yeah, there's a lot of there were a lot of great games that came out in the last five years. That's my takeaway from this from this discussion. Um, tactic, anything more to add? You only, you basically gave us one. I'm going to stick with... No, I gave you two. I, I originally stated Borderlands, but then I uh, stated Lego Marvel. Oh, right. Right. My my guilty pleasure. Man, I got I to gotta play through the Bioshock games. I got to like pick up the collection and just do it. I was literally just thinking that to myself. Like, I, I did you Have you played any of them? Frank? I played it... So, I'm notorious for 
getting really deep into a story without any saving and then <laughs> and then getting myself stuck in some place just before I save that's really not desirable and the previous save is like three hours prior I've done it in Fallout I've done it in Skyrim and I've done it in, in the first Bioshock um, I, I think I got decently far in the first Bioshock and I was enjoying it but like life made me stop well I just I, I'm notorious when something gets hard I rage quit and that, that's what I just gotta bu- buckle down and, and get back to it because I've heard such good things, especially about Infinite, that it's just like one of the greatest games. But uh... I remember that I had a really hard time playing the first Bioshock, and I thought I would actually hate Infinite when I got it because of this. But Bioshock has a very like horror game feel. Oh, totally. And I did not like that, as you can tell <laughs> from the fact that like I tried to play Dead Space like three times, and I couldn't do it. And what was the other game? Tectic, you bought it for me for as a very like misguided Christmas yeah, gift. Yeah, that choice. Um, the Evil Within. Oh, <laughs> that was not a good choice. And I think Tectic actually played it more than I did because I handed him the controller at one point and was like, here, I can't make any progress. Please help me. So I struggled with the first Borderland or Bo- Bioshock. Wow. Border Shock. Border Shock. Well, you heard it here. Um, those are our recommendations. If you're listening and you haven't played video games in five years, uh, first of all, I'm so sorry. Second of all, that's what you should start with. Um, let's talk briefly to wrap things up in the way we, we are doing in 2019 about the Fantasy Movie League. And a uh, quick announcement. I've won this week, guys. I'm back in the saddle. But not back in first place. Yeah, let's talk about the overall rankings. The overall rankings are not kind to me. I had one week where I must have just like picked up my eyes closed or something. I think it was week two. Because week one, I also won. Week two, Nerd Bomber beat me by like 15 million. Which I'm learning in this game is a significant margin. Um, that was the week I picked the favorite twice, which was a huge mistake. <laughs> I know that now. Um, some highlights from this week's action. Uh, I bet heavy on Cold Pursuit, and that worked out. Uh, Lego Movie 2 disappointing. was... Not only was it disappointing, but it cost so much money. It cost, I think, $700 or something this week. Yeah, like, it was absurd. Out of the out of the $1,000 budget, $700 is... It was too big a pill for me and Tactic to swallow. Yeah, Nerd Bomber See, okay. swallowed it. I could have done it. But I bet too big on stupid Miss Bala. And oh, I should have gone with Aquaman. See, I thought because this actress, I don't remember her name, but something she, Rodriguez. Yeah, she was really remember. hot a few years back. Like she was in Jane the Virgin and was winning like some kind of award. And I felt like she was popular enough to drive people to want to go see that. And I should have gone with Aquaman because that movie beat her out and cost less. So Miss Bala. Starring some kind of award winner, Gina Rodriguez. Yes. Uh, saw the trailer, was like, wow, this looks very bad. Made $2.7 million this weekend, down 60%. Aquaman, meanwhile, made $3.2 million. So crazy. Cold Pursuit made $11 million. And that's what I'm talking about. Um, and then the week before that, I think that was yeah. Miss Bala's opening weekend again. And I bet yeah, we, we all that. We, we all played it uh, yeah. that weekend. You played it twice. Yeah, you, you really want that movie to be good. 
Well, it was just like, for a new premiere movie, it felt so cheap. I just had to do it. And no, it was not good. We, we might have talked about this because week two was two weeks ago. So we might have talked about it on the last episode. But <laughs> week two, me and Frank both bet on the kid who would be king. And that bombed. That movie tanked real hard. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's it's hard to even say at this point. Did like it, did that do well with reviews? Like, how did that? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't remember, but I, it can't have done super well. I think it's like already being faced out of theaters. Um, yeah, I gotta tell you, spells success like that. I mean, so what's this thing? Ten weeks long? Yes, yeah, ten weeks long. We're four four weeks in. We're, we're about to hit the halfway point. So let's, let me give you a taste of the overall numbers. Uh, Nerd Bomber is in first place with two hundred thirty, just about two hundred thirty-five million on the on the season. Tactic is in second with two hundred twenty-six and a half, and I have two hundred twenty-four and a half. But what's interesting is that you guys have each only won one week. I have won two weeks, and I'm in the bottom. I'm at, I'm at the bottom. My just takeaway from this whole experiment so far is that, man, this just is just guesswork. <laughs> like I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, it's it's bad. Um, it's fun. It like, is, it's fun. It's just I have no rhyme or reason to this. I was doing research at one point, but they've been steering me in the wrong direction. So clearly, that's not working. Yeah, you were talking last week. You said you had like a Excel sheet or something. I'm I'm just like the most I will ever do is look at information that the website gives you, which probably isn't that useful. But uh, it's gotten me to two two wins, because that's done me. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, but when we next talk about this, we'll be past the halfway point. So it should be... It sh- it, I, I don't know if things are going to open up. I don't know if someone's going to open up a huge lead. I mean, I guess at this point, your lead is pretty big, Nerd Bomber. Eight but million it's not, seems it's tough. not unattainable. No, not at all. Um, like I just said, I, week two, Nirvana beat me by 15 million. She beat you by 10 million. And that's why she's in first place. I mean, right? Like, that's a huge amount. You know, and every other week, the margin has been like no more than, looks like 3 million. 3 million has been just about the margin every other week, except for week two, where I guess me and Tectic just didn't know what we were doing. I've pretty much locked in rank two for almost every week. You are very consistent with that, yes. When, which week did you won? You won week three. Oh, did I? Yeah, yeah. Everyone has a win. No one's been shut out. Um, so we can all hang our heads on that, I guess. But uh, yeah, a uh, little disappointed in the listeners. No one has joined. What's Hi, that guys. about? It's too late for them to join because of the overall. They can catch up. We're not that good at this. <laughs> if there's one thing I want to make clear, it's that probably we could be doing way better than this. I know somewhere it shows like every week like what the perfect score is. And every time I see it, I'm like, not even close. <laughs> so there's still hope for you, uh, online warrior listeners. We need to come up with a better name for our listeners. Could we just call them online warriors? Or is that so. what we are? I guess we're that works. We're all online warriors. Also, if you are planning on joining, um, just an alert that this coming weekend is a four-day box office count. So it's going to go through Monday because Monday is a holiday. 
Or wait, was it this week? I'm so confused. No. When's President's Day? I think President's Day is next Monday. Yes. Is, so, that, is that a holiday? Apparently. Four-day box office weekend in FML. Yeah, but, I mean, like, do you guys work next Monday? I do. Um, yeah. But apparently, maybe schools have off. Huh. Hmm. I'm learning about holidays. You heard it here first, guys. Four-day weekend coming at you. Uh, happy to be the bringers of good news. And happy to be the bringers of another great podcast. As always, thank you all for listening. It's been a pleasure. And uh, we'll talk at you next time. Talk to you later. Bye.